Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 230 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis, PT, and today we're going to be talking about patella instability and tips for conservative treatment. We'll be going over some of the causes of patella instability, static versus dynamic stability of the patellofemoral joint. We'll be talking about acute versus chronic patellofemoral instability conservative management techniques that we might use to treat patella instability, and also uh, review a couple special tests for evaluating patella instability and so much more. But before we get started, I'd like to just take a moment to hear a word from our sponsors. At MedCore Professionals, we offer mobility aids, bracing and supports, compression garments, post-mastectomy care, and much more. Your health and well-being are important to us. Your recovery is our priority. Our certified team will guide you to the right products based on your medical needs, recent procedures, or mobility restrictions. Visit us on Route 1 in Scarborough or at MedCorePro.com. We are Mark and Kelly Hassett, owners of MedCore. And we keep you moving forward. This episode is sponsored by MedBridge. Harnessing the power of technology to help you advance your career and improve patient outcomes, MedBridge delivers over 2,000 evidence-based CE courses and more than 7,000 specialized patient exercises available whenever you need them from wherever you are. MedBridge goes beyond CEUs. They're leading the space. From interactive webinars led by top industry leaders to the first-ever HEP patient mobile app, MedBridge has taken learning to the next level for over 200,000 PTs, OTs, ATs, SLPs, and nurses, and those they serve. For a limited time, use promo code OEP to receive $175 off your annual subscription. Welcome back, everyone. So as I started to dive into patella instability, you know, I realize that you're all going to really need some energy drinks and maybe some medication to get through this podcast because it could be a complete course in itself. Um, there are so many dynamics to anterior knee pain and the patellofemoral joint that, you know, it could be quite overwhelming. And so as I've always done and tried to do with OEP is to try to simplify uh, our orthopedic evaluation and make some common sense decisions about how to manage and treat these problems that, that are at hand, okay, that you see right there in front of you. Uh, so my focus today will be to talk about identifying patellofemoral instability and treating it conservatively. So here we go. What are the most common causes of patella instability, first of all? Well, there are non-traumatic and traumatic. So if we talk about non-traumatic, you know, you could um, have inherited a shallow trochlear groove from mom and or dad. Uh, and as a result, the patella doesn't sit really deep in the groove of that uh, femoral trochlea. You could have some uh, Issues like significant ligamentous laxity, like those people with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, uh, where there's just all that surrounding... Uh soft tissue is just really, really lax, and your kneecap's pretty much all over the place. You could have patella alta, which means that your kneecap is sitting a little higher than it should, and therefore it doesn't engage in the trochlea at the right time when you're flexing the knee and can cause some issues and some uh, instability. And then you can also have, you know, a high Q angle. So pes planus, the knees are in genuvalgus a little bit, maybe the hips uh, are uh, a little wider, and therefore this Q angle increases, and with males, it's you know about 10 to 12 degrees. 
females, you know, plus or minus four or five, around 15 degrees. And um, we see this more in females than we do in males. Now, if we talk about traumatic causes of patella instability, the number one reason or the number one cause with a traumatic is a very sharp change in direction, almost the same mechanism of injury that you would see in people who tear their ACLs. The foot is planted, the body's going one direction, the knee is going into valgus while the tibia is rotating externally, basically changing that tibial tubercle and making it more lateral. Therefore, that Q angle uh, really increases dramatically. When you're in this position, you now contract the quad to try to support the leg. And as you do, it bowstrings the patella out of place and it goes out laterally. Um, and then you could always have you know, some uh, significant injury or a direct blow to the patella and basically have it kicked out of position or you uh, drive it into the ground and and as a result that trauma just literally takes a patella tears all the medial retinacular structures and puts the kneecap on the lateral side of the knee so most patella instability you know issues occur laterally i've never seen a medial dislocation in my 29 years maybe it occurs uh, but i just have never seen that happen so let's talk a little bit about some anatomy, some of the static stabilizers that help to hold this um, patella in the patellofemoral joint, okay? So the, the posterior side of your patella is convex in nature. Some people, it's a little more convex than others. Um, and that sits in a concave femoral trochlea. So basically, just a nice little, uh, that patella sits right into that groove, and that those Medial and lateral femoral condyles help to uh, hold that patella in place. So we have this nice, stable, bony structure that can help to stabilize. We also have the medial patellofemoral ligament and lateral patellofemoral ligaments and a lot of other small ligamentous structures around that area, but those are the two big ones that basically anchor down that patella. Okay, They act like cables to hold it in that trochlear groove. Now, as far as dynamic stabilization goes, the big one here are the quadricep muscles. Now, remember that that patella is the largest sesamoid bone in the body, okay? And it sits right in that quad tendon. So the stronger that quad tendon is, the more stable it's going to be and the better it's going to pull it into that trochlear groove. That patella is very, very important because it helps to uh, basically lever up that, uh, that tibia forward when you uh, contract that quad. So um, super important that it is working appropriately. Otherwise, you end up with some quad shutdown and therefore less stability of the uh, patella in that patellofemoral joint. Um, you know, it's pretty obvious when somebody completely dislocates the patella, you know, the patella is sitting on the lateral side of the knee facing off towards Sawyer's and apparently like off towards Sawyer's, the definition of that is a, a direction that something is not supposed to go into. So a stupid little story here. My, I was planting some trees you know, about 30 years ago when we uh, first built our home and my wife said, well, that tree is leaning off towards Sawyer's. Well, a couple days later, um, I figured that the tree was leaning down the road next to the next door neighbor's house and I wasn't from the area so my wife was brought up here I figured she knew who the neighbors were and the ambulance pulls into the neighbor's house quickly and I'm like oh dear there must be something wrong with Mr. or Mrs. Sawyer she says who? I said the Sawyers, you know, the people that live next door to us. And she says, no, those are the Wallets. She said, when I said the tree was leaning off towards Sawyers, it's just a saying. So now when we talk about leaning off towards Sawyers, that means it's going into a direction that we don't want it to be in. Um, so funny little story that went on forever and we still joke about it to this day. 
So um, not all people who sublux their patella know that they've subluxed their patella, okay? People have this uh, this feeling like the knee gave way or something kind of snapped or popped funny uh, and they develop some pain. They might have developed some swelling and uh, they're really not sure what happened and they have a hard time kind of describing uh, what happened except for that maybe it was a little sensation of the leg giving way. Uh, so it kind of partially pops out and then pops back in. So I want to go over some of the special tests um, that we can utilize here when we are evaluating these folks with patella instability. The first thing um, I do is I go over mechanism of injury. So if it sounds like the typical ACL mechanism of injury, I'm also thinking uh, a lateral shift of the patella, so either subluxation or a patella dislocation. I also will work on ruling out that ACL tear because it's possible that, that could have happened. So I jump on and do a Lockman's, maybe a pivot shift test and uh, anterior drawer, whatever is most appropriate for that patient at that time. I'll then jump into an apprehension test. So while they're laying flat on the table, I might take that kneecap and pull it laterally a little bit, just see what their reaction is. Sometimes they'll have a little tenderness on that medial retinacular area and, uh, you know, they'll say, ouch, that hurts. That's more of a sign of some soft tissue damage in that region. But if they kind of come up off the table or they grab for your arm and they feel like that kneecap is going to pull out of place, then um, that's a good sign that they probably have some instability of the patella. Now, the other thing I like to do is the moving apprehension test or the moving patella apprehension test. So basically, what I do is I let that leg hang off the edge of the table. I keep them in uh, full extension, and then I will kind of do an apprehension sign. I'll pull that kneecap laterally a little bit while I flex the leg. They'll become very apprehensive. Now, I will lift the leg back up to neutral and then I will push the patella medially and take them down into flexion again. And if they feel significantly better, that means both of those tests are positive. Then they have a positive moving apprehension test and uh, a sign that they could have some lateral uh, instability. So I think that holding that patella medially will not only give them a sense of stability, but they'll also be able to contract that quad a little bit better. And you'll notice they might not even be as painful while they're contracting the quad. So I utilize that, you know, that manual stability of the patella as kind of a, a little test that can really be helpful. Now, the other thing I like to do is compare both sides because some people just have wacky patella that just go all over the place. They're super unstable, both sides. Um, and so I like to compare both of them to see if one is more unstable than the other. So what do we do if, um, yeah, you know, if a person has a traumatic dislocation, what does that look like? Well, these people will oftentimes develop uh, some effusion to the knee. They'll have some medial retinacular tenderness, and that where that plica is would be very tender. Remember to identify the difference between medial joint line tenderness and retinacular tenderness. Okay, so that retinaculum sits basically between the medial femoral condyle and the medial patellar ridge, and uh, that could be swollen, hot, uh, and uh, tender. These folks may have a little bit of tenderness to the lateral patellar ridge and the lateral femoral condyle where both of them kind of butt up against each other like you would see in somebody with lateral patellofemoral compression syndrome, okay? And, um, you know, you have to be somewhat cautious because when that patella dislocates, you can fracture a piece of the patella, you can fracture a piece of the condyle, uh, and, uh, and or both, and sometimes uh, sustain quite a chondral lesion 
leading to uh, arthritis down the road if it isn't tended to appropriately. So something to take into consideration when you see this traumatic uh, you know, instability of the knee when it goes out laterally. Now, if somebody has chronic patellofemoral instability and it's non-traumatic, uh, they'll oftentimes have this sense of the knee giving out. They'll complain of some anterior knee pain. It's a, it's a, you know, basically patellofemoral dysfunction at this point. And um, they'll have some lateral patellofemoral pain, usually the lateral and superior aspect of the patellofemoral joint can be most painful. Uh, and that is uh, quite common with these folks. And then, you know, uh, increased strength or loss of pain when you tape them and or put a patellofemoral brace on them to help hold the kneecap or pull the kneecap medially. Okay, so if you tape them medially like you would with McConnell taping and you grab a hold of that kneecap, you pull it medially and they do a quad set or straight leg raise or they walk and they feel like they have better stability and they can maybe squat, like do a little quarter squat and it feels stronger, then that's a good sign that they have some lateral instability of that patellofemoral joint. So... Let's jump into some treatment, okay? And it can be fairly similar between traumatic versus non-traumatic, but I think that if somebody comes in with a traumatic uh, patella dislocation with uh, instability, you know, they're going to have effusion. They're going to have a lot of swelling in that leg. You want to decrease that swelling. You want to decrease that inflammation. Sometimes a period of immobilization is uh, indicated, and there is nothing wrong with resting and immobilizing for a little bit just to let those structures settle down, get the swelling to settle down, hopefully get a little bit of healing in that those medial structures to help tighten up that medial side of the knee. Now, when I say rest, rest is not like go home, go to bed, you know, put your leg up for uh, 24-7 and do that for weeks. I talk about relative rest, okay? So activities that don't agitate that patellofemoral joint, but that things that you can still do safely, okay? So if the patient has an immobilizer on, there's nothing wrong with doing some, some uh, standing heel raises, maybe some hamstring sets, some glute sets. They could do some hip abduction exercises. We want to have good... Uh, hip abduction strength because we don't want that knee collapsing medially. So you can start strengthening that with a weight proximal to uh, the knee. There's nothing wrong with uh, hitting some core stability exercises. I like to do ball bridges. And um, you know what I also like to do with these folks is uh, blood flow restriction training so that you're preventing the atrophy with really low to no weight. Uh, and you can do all these exercises I just mentioned with blood flow restriction on and uh, really get Get some nice results and get them started early. But you're just not doing like, you know, heavy long art quads and short art quads and open chain uh, knee extension exercises from 20 to zero because those are susceptible positions. So you want to rest away from that. But there's a lot of other things you can do. So if you understand your anatomy, you understand the injury, you know how you can really uh, keep this person active and not agitate or cause a rest re-injury cycle to that area. Um, you know, some of these folks do well with a patella stabilizing brace. There's a ton of them out there. I can throw a couple links on some of my favorites if you want. Uh, some people like to push the kneecap medially. Other people like to grab a hold of it and pull it medially uh, with braces. And then you want people to start activating their quads, you know, as early as possible. And, uh, you know, things like biofeedback, 
Russian stimulation can be helpful and uh, just things that help to facilitate that quad activation because remember that's what's going to give that patella a lot of stability as long as it doesn't pull it out laterally. Uh, and so, you know, resting it for two to three weeks is a decent amount of time. And then you slowly start to work on regaining range of motion. Don't ever put them in a position where they have a sense of instability. Because remember, the three things that cause reflex inhibition or, um, you know, shutdown of the quad would be swelling, pain, and instability. So you want to avoid that sense of instability because then the quad is just not going to want to fire up very well. And then from there, you're just, you know, increasing all the straight plane activities. You're getting into some little squatting exercises you know I like using the shuttle cardiomuscular trainer and then you slowly build that up as the swelling goes down the quad gets stronger the knee is more stable uh, you might be using a brace for a while just to help uh, prevent that patellofemoral pain but then you ultimately want to wean out of that uh, just so that the quad can work as naturally as it can and function as well as it can now if somebody comes to see you and they have chronic patellar instability uh, I love to try, you know, when I'm trying to diagnose these, uh, I'll start with McConnell taping and or brace. I'll put them, uh, you know, on a shuttle leg press. I'll give them a little bit of weight and I'll say, okay, push 10 with one leg. See how you feel. I want you to tell me what you think. Okay. See how much pain you have and see how strong you feel. And then uh, what I do is I'll tape them and or brace them and I'll have them do the same exact activity again. And if they demonstrate an improvement in strength, or they tell me their pain level is less, or both, uh, then I know we're heading in the right direction by treating this like a patellofemoral issue and working on you know higher level strengthening. The thing with these chronic patients is that you can start strengthening them a lot faster. Uh, so you can uh, you can really get you know that quad fired up uh, in a much uh, more speedy way than if you had uh, a, a traumatic instability of the knee. I also like to assess, you know, their biomechanics and modify any biomechanical issues. So if they do a functional squat and those knees are collapsing inward and they have pes planus, I might, you know, just work on uh, motion activities and make sure they're doing them correctly. If they have pes planus, I might throw them into a pair of uh, orthotics. Or uh, And when I have them do squatting activities or maybe leg pressing activities, if they fall into that genuvalgus position, I might use a wooden wedge and uh, put the wedge side underneath the foot so it keeps the leg in better alignment. And um, if you haven't checked out my Instagram page, I do have a nice little demo picture of what this wedge looks like. So if you haven't checked it out already, do so. Um, you'll see how we get much better foot position, much better knee position by using the wooden wedge. We use them all the time. Uh, these folks are great uh, candidates for Russian stimulation and biofeedback if they're having a hard time firing up that quad. Uh, we also like to use blood flow restriction training uh, while you know getting them warmed up. Maybe they're on a bike uh, with BFRT and uh, then they're doing some leg presses, straight leg raises, uh, and uh, even little isometric wall sits, things like that, really to get that, uh, you know, prevent that atrophy and to get some human growth hormone release uh, and uh, promote some healing there. So those uh, folks, you know, both chronic, and, I mean, both chronic and traumatic, we're also going to be working on proprioception. That is such a key element of uh, the rehab with patellofemoral instability. So 
Um, you know, if if the knee continues to dislocate or sublux while you are trying to treat them, and you've done pretty much every modification you've you've tried, and uh, maybe tried some bracing, and that's not functioning, that's not working very well. These folks need to be in with orthopedics and uh, possibly have to undergo surgery. But uh, I assume they you know probably been there already, especially if they've had a dislocation, just to make sure they haven't sustained any damage to that patellofemoral joint during the injury. So. Um, with that being said, folks, um, you know, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Again, I tried to keep it as short as possible, although we're into almost 19 minutes now. Uh, please let me know if you have any questions regarding patella instability. Be sure to check out our Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube accounts uh, for, you know, just different aspects of how we uh, talk and teach about orthopedics and uh, please uh, don't be afraid to uh, send us a rating and review i'd really appreciate that it just helps us to make our content better for you and um, you know ask your questions for the show and i'll be more than happy to answer them and with that being said again folks be kind to each other and take care we hope you've enjoyed the show for some more awesome content go to orthoevalpal.com can't wait to see you there